This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello everyone, happy 2020 and welcome to episode 109 of the Laravel News Podcast. It has been a little bit of a break here in between our last podcast and this one. It is good to be back and good to see your happy, smiling, Aussie face once again, Mr. Dorinda. Thank you. Happy to be back. Good to how, see you. How are those, Hope you had uh, a good break. Yeah, we did. We did. How are those wildfires treating you over there in uh, Aussie land? wild and out of control but thankfully they're not anywhere near us here but they're they're a bit uh full-on there's a lot going on we've we've lost a lot of uh i mean the your houses and and uh a lot of obviously forest and and things like that so they're um yeah they're pretty devastating unfortunately this is the most u.s press i've seen about australia in a long time so it seems like there's a lot of people talking about it. So yeah, a lot of people talking about it. A lot of people talking about the, I suppose, the inaction on behalf of our government on doing anything. And I think I saw the other day that both Britain and the Netherlands are warning their citizens to not come and visit Australia, which you know hurts us in terms of tourism as well. Yeah, especially because sure. we just launched our big, you know, come to Australia tourism campaign recently. So. I'm glad this is a uh, post Laracon AU. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have, that's would have small, been a bit unpleasant. Small perspective, really, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, it's, um, I mean, to give some perspective, the, the fires are, are very close to what is the, not, not necessarily the middle of Sydney, but certainly very Seriously? close to wow. Sydney. And a lot of the smoke is blown over across the ditch to New Zealand as well. So, wow. It's, yeah. um, yeah, it's not, it's not good. No. Sorry to hear about that, man. Anyway. <laughs> Happy 2020, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. yeah. <laughs> Sorry to start that one off on uh, such a bummer note. But uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, what can we do? Can we donate? We can donate, right? Because nobody else is. Yeah. Yeah, we can get some, we can get some links up in the show notes for various um, you know, charities that are helping out and, and the firefighters because all of well, I mean, the majority of our firefighters are all volunteers. They're not paid. And we've had even the US and Canada have sent some of their fireys over to, to help us out here and, and New Zealand as well. Um, yeah, anything that, that you can do, we'll definitely get some links in the show notes. Um, it'd be, you know, good to get some uh, Absolutely. help on the ground. If, Absolutely. If you're yep. able so to. check those out in the show notes and we will throw those in there and uh, give what you can. Okay, so kicking this one off, we have our very own fearless leader, Mr. Eric Barnes, who is doing the 2019 review thing. So talk to us a little about this, Michael. What what did Eric throw in there for us? Well, now that the Roaring Twenties are in full swing and 2019 is in our review mirrors, it's a good time for us to share some of the stats and highlights from the last year. We do want to thank everyone that makes the Laravel News site possible, the authors, the readers, the sponsors, the developers creating the packages and, and everyone else that contributes to, to making Laravel News the, you know, the best that it can be. And it's only really possible because of all these people. So we can't possibly show you all told how much we do appreciate all of the things that you do for the community out there. But on the Laravel News site, traffic continued to increase and 2019 had the most visits that we've ever seen. Um, a lot of this is because Laravel was continuing to grow throughout the world. 
And um, according to WordPress, which the site is backed by, the actual traffic is larger, but many you know developers run blockers and things like that for, for the trackers. But we're seeing somewhere in the order of 8 million visitors in 2019, which, yeah, is, that's awesome. which is incredible. But besides the site traffic, the other channels have increased as well. The newsletter is continuing to gain subscribers. The podcast has gained listeners over 2019. So thank you very much to that from us. Um, and we hope that in 2020, we can make everything even better. So um, there was a lot of new content and a lot of cool packages and resources and tutorials that came out over last year. There, there is a lot of stuff. Eric's put in some highlights all through 2019. So we'll we'll link up in the show notes because there's yeah, literally lots dozens of, good resources, of, yeah. of articles in this. Yeah, so definitely go back and, and have a look at this uh, at a high level if you're interested in seeing what was put out Absolutely, 2019. So since our last podcast, we've also had two new releases in uh, Laravel land. We've had 6.7.0 and 6.8.0 released. So I'm going to kind of go over high-level changes for 6.7, and then you can take 6.8. So Laravel team reversed, sorry, reversed, released a minor version 6.7 this week with some changes. The has timestamps concern has two new methods to return the qualified columns for created and updated timestamps columns so if you call model get qualified created at column it will return to you something like users.created at or get qualified updated at column will return to you users.updated at so this would be useful if you customized the column name that you're using for the created and the updated at timestamps also a new exception context method Uh, was put onto the application's handler class, which provides additional custom logging context. So if you didn't know this, any uh, exceptions that are thrown within your Laravel application and are not caught bubble all the way up to this handler class, which is uh, ships with Laravel. And that's where you kind of catch any of these exceptions that bubble up to that location. You'll have a lot of times a report method in there as well as a render method, I think is how that works, Mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, this is a new method that's on that handler class called exception context, which will provide for you uh, the context in which that error, that exception was thrown. And so that gives you the ability to then do additional logging with that exception context, which is helpful. The postmark transport, which is a, uh, I think that's a mail thing. Postmark Mm -hmm. transport will now throw errors instead of failing silently. So nothing needs to change in the applications, but by updating to the 6.7 release, you'll get the benefit of the exceptions when postmark doesn't return a 200 status code. So previous uh, to this update, it was just failing and not really doing anything with, uh, with that. Uh, An important without relations method is now available on models. Uh, This allows unloading a model's relations in a queue job. So because loaded relationships also get serialized, so if you have a model where you've uh, loaded up some relationships, you've done eager loading or something like that, the serialized job string can get really large. Uh, So when you're serializing that job, pushing it onto a queue, that that can be problematic if you don't have enough room. Uh, So to prevent relations from being serialized, you can call the without relations method on the model when setting that property value. This method will return an instance of the model with no loaded relationships. Uh, So there's some code examples in in this post that will kind of uh, show you how to do that. It's it's quite simple, really. Um, You just call without relations on that uh, model that you're passing through, Uh, but you can take a look at that. You can also read through the updated queue documentation for more details that's been updated. We also have a new method. Resource collections can now preserve query parameters on paginated API resources with this preserve query parameters 
method. Uh, so again, there is some code in the post here. I'm not, I'm going to try and avoid reading that to you because it's, it's not that complicated if you're reading it on the screen with your eyes, but to try and describe it to you uh, on the air is going to be a little bit difficult. So if that sounds like a feature you're interested in, go ahead and take a look at uh, show notes for that. I think that about wraps up 6.7. Seems like a pretty uh, pretty feature-rich release there. That's That's awesome. Really good stuff. Yeah, really, seriously. Uh, I guess over the holidays, they were really cranking it out. That's what happens. If you're with family and yeah. you're like, you know what, I got a couple minutes or whatever. Dude, I did, <laughs> I was on vacation. I read like half a book. It was really good. Like it was the most recent Red Rising book. It was often awesome. I caught a little mm -hmm. flack for that because I was literally on, you know, I was reading my book for half of our family vacation. <laughs> it was a good book. It was a good book. It was <laughs> worth it. Okay. We have 6.8. Nice. Uh, why don't you talk to us about that one? Absolutely. So the Laravel team released the minor version 6.8 in the week of December 18th, adding some useful test response updates along with the latest features changes and fixes. So Taylor implemented an array access on the JSON response object and test response object classes. Having array access is convenient if you want to get JSON data in a test or JSON response instance. Taylor summarized how this would be useful in the pull request, which is number 30817 for those of you interested. When building or testing and JSON API, I like to sometimes interact with the raw JSON payload returned in the response. Normally, you would have to access this via response, arrow, original, and then the you know foo key or whatever. However, with the new change, implementing array access on both the JSON response and test response in order to be able to proxy directly into the response JSON without going through the original property. So that just shortcuts that process without having to, to reach through a public property on the response object, which will make things a bit simpler in your testers. Testers? Tests. Tests. <laughs> we also added the ability to use custom markdown mail themes. So if you're creating a package, you can use custom markdown mail themes in those. So you could reference that from a namespace object, for example, mailcoach colon colon mails.layout.mailcoach. And you can access them in that namespace rather than having to vendor publish and all of that kind of stuff. We've also got nested support in assert view has. So the assertion has support for nested array checks, oh, nice. but previously it did not. We've got we've got the ability ability to set an individual raw attribute on a model. So you can model arrow set raw attribute key and then value. And you can also sync to the original attribute with passing a third parameter, which is a Boolean uh, true false. We've also got the force flag for artisan make controller. So similar to models, you can now force the creation of controllers with the make controller artisan command. Forcing is useful if you forget to use the dash dash resource flag and want to recreate the mm. controller. So it saves that, you know, we have to go and delete the controller and then recreate it again. So it's just taking that extra step out. Uh, you can also create a seed of the artisan make model artisan command now using the dash dash seed flag. The make model artisan command will create a seed matching the model name. Um, so you can see the full list of new features and updates in a link that we'll put in the show notes and see the whole diff between versions 6.7 and 6.8 on GitHub. The full release notes for Laravel 6 are available in the GitHub v6 change log, which we will link to in the show notes. Two things. What do you think the set and individual raw attribute is? What is what a, what is a raw attribute? What's the difference between just setting an attribute and setting a raw attribute? I don't, I'm not sure I understand. Is that... Without looking at it, my guess would be that it would circumvent any model uh, uh, mutators that you've got it. on there. That's got to be it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, what is set raw attribute? So it just says, don't worry about any accessors, any mutators, any of that stuff. Just set, actually it wouldn't be an accessor, it would be a mutator, but yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that's that's my guess. Smart. Yep. Good job. The mail coach thing that seemed really interesting. How you can use custom markdown mail themes. I bet you that's something that Frank pushed in there because he needed it probably for mail coach. Seems yeah. that way. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Again, lots of stuff. Lots and lots of stuff going on here. That's awesome. Uh, Laravel team is cranking it out. Okay. Absolutely. Always. 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 Yes. Uh, we have got a new, so we've got a couple packages we're going to ca- talk about next. We've got uh, Ably Broadcast, Eloquent has many, Exchange Rate Package. So I'm going to go ahead and start out with the Ably Broadcast driver for Laravel. So many of you are likely using Pusher. So Pusher is a WebSocket service that is integrated quite neatly with Laravel. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd say it's like the default, but it's it works really easily. So it's set up in your your bootstrap file for your JavaScript. There's you know documentation that makes it very, very easy to do this. But Matthew Hall has added a support for the Ably real-time messaging service. So this is backed by the Ably PHP SDK that they have out there. And this package adds a custom Laravel broadcast driver. So you can use this as an alternative to Pusher, which is great. So we have more choices now when it comes to real-time messaging. And this uh, process goes, uh, I'm sorry, this tutorial here goes through the process of getting that uh, set up. So I have not looked at the pricing really to see what the difference is. I'm interested to kind of take a look at it and see what the big differences are really between between Ably and Pusher. But again, it's always nice to have options. So if that's something you're interested in taking a look at, find a link to that up in the show notes. Cool. The next thing that we have here is an Eloquent Has Many Deep Package, which is an extended version of Laravel Eloquence Has Many Through, which allows relationships with unlimited intermediate models. It includes support for many-to-many and polymorphic relationships. As an example of how this package is useful to pretend you have a setup where you want to get all comments for all posts by users in a specific country, uh, it might look like, we've got a, a picture of an eloquent relationship. So you've got a country, has many users, the user has many posts, and the post has many comments. This can get a little bit complicated, but with the package, you can define the relationship quite simply with a two parameters. So in your country, which is the top, the first relationship, which has a many, you can say public function comments returns has many deep. The first parameter is app comment. So the comment class, um, which is ultimately the, the end model that you want to return. And that goes through app user and app post. So you can define that as an array in the second parameter, which makes things nice and easy. You can then call country first comments to get all the comments, which keeps the familiar Laravel syntax. Taking things a step further, Pavilus Kodop from Laravel Daily also created a video review covering the package. If you'd like to find out more, visit uh, Staldenmere slash eloquent has dash many dash deep on GitHub and the readme will contain the full documentation as well. And just on that, um, Jonas Staldenmere does a lot of uh, cool things. He's always very active in the Laravel framework repositories and and in the issues and and looking at pull requests and things like that. And he's got a really good understanding of how Eloquent works, possibly even, um, I think Taylor said, better than his understanding of it. So typically when he says something about Eloquent and and releases something, it's something to to keep an eye on. And uh, we thank Jonas for all the hard work that he does um, behind and around the scenes. This is really incredible, by the way. I've needed this so many times, I can't even tell you. I feel like maybe it's something that I'm doing to set things up wrong, but um, I have like a couple spots in a recent application I built where I have 
users that have uh, participants that have applications that have uh like i don't know what sort of like for funds or donations or something mm. like that and it's like a lot of times i need to be able to get at it from uh or like a group that has a user that has a participant that has a fund right so i need to be able to figure out like how many funds or how much funds has a group raised and it's very difficult to get from one all the way down to those so i have immediate use for this my curious uh or my curiosity about this is whether or not nova would be able to use something like this i don't know but i'm interested so that would be that kind of be the next question i have but i'll i will figure it out because i'm definitely gonna have to use this yeah. even if i only one way to exactly find out. exactly so very cool uh that's awesome okay we have this exchange rate uh package which i am looking for here and i'm having a hard time finding it so this is a package by Ash Allen for interacting with the Exchange Rates API. I'm sorry, the Exchange Rates API.io API. So this API provides the latest exchange rate data as well as historical rates. You can imagine how if you're dealing with exchange rates, these change quite frequently. This is not something that you're going to be able to store in a database and reference. It's going to have to be up-to-date information. Uh, this also, again, provides historical rates. So if you needed to go back to a previous time to do comparisons, you can do that with this API as well. So there's a couple, uh, it seems like the API is is really friendly. So you have new exchange rate and then you can call currencies on that. You can call uh, an exchange rate between two different types of currencies. Uh, you can pass in uh, the two different types of currencies as well as the time that you want to check it at. And then it will do the con- it will do the conversions for you as well. So you can tell it to convert and then you can give a currency amount, the or- original currency, the currency you want to convert it to and the time at which you needed the exchange rates for. So it seems really, really helpful for if this is something that you ever have to do. Uh, so definitely check that one out. All right, we have the, uh, what's the next one? You know what, your... Uh, it's the Laravel package to work with Paddle.com. Ooh. So Laravel Paddle is a package by Pascal Baljed for working with Paddle.com. The package provides a wrapper around their API with built-in support for webhooks and event handling. The readme has an example of working with the Paddle facade via Fluent API and Arrays. Uh, but it's nice and readable, as you would expect. So you can go paddle, colon, colon, product, generate pay link, product ID, customer email, pass through, send, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so paddle.com is a platform or is a payment provider that allows you to handle things like taxes and other region-specific taxes. It's it's really popular, I think, in Europe because they're, you know, tax laws and, and uh, purchasing of online goods requirements are a little more finicky than you know it's not just even we've got the same thing here now if, if an american company sells something to an australian then we have to be charged goods and services tax on that so the internet has has complicated a lot of these things so it's it's pretty smart to use a payment provider like paddle to to handle all of that nitty-gritty stuff for you so you don't have to worry about building it especially if you're a serial producer of applications you don't want to have to build all that stuff every single time so Definitely check that out if you are, I suppose, in the EU, but also anywhere. I've seen a few people. Um, I think Marcel yeah. is Pasiot is using Paddle, and I've, the name of the person escapes me. Uh, they wrote to PingPing.io. They've they've been using that as well, um, and that's you know obviously made things easier for them. And and in terms of you know us as subscribers, you just go and buy your thing, and off you go. So, uh, Stefan, is this uh, Stefan Bauer? Stefan, yeah, Stefan Bauer. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah, it's pretty popular, I think. 
I, I guess they're based out of the EU as well. So paddle.com, but definitely check out uh, this package, which we will link to in the show notes. Yeah, actually, there was. I was going to say the other one that I could think of that uses paddle is Sizzy. Is that how you say it? Or is it mm-hmm. Sizzy? I think it's Sizzy. Sizzy. Yeah. Well, I say Sizzy. I say Sizzy as well. Um, but they use paddle too. Uh, so mm. that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, speaking of, I don't know, how do I do this? Speaking of Sizzy. Nope. Nope. Speaking of paddle. Speaking of e commerce. There we go. There we go. Let's do that. Speaking of e-commerce. Uh, so the sponsor that we have this week is About You. So About You has actually decided to sponsor the next six shows for us. So they are very serious about making sure that the word gets out there. Uh, they are the fastest growing e-commerce company in Europe. So their com- their headquarters is located in Hamburg, Germany. They have over 8 million app installs, 15 million active users on their platform, and over 300 million API calls a day. They have a company valuation of more than $100 million, actually $1 billion US. And it looks like one third of their employees are developers. They're looking to hire more of them and they have a passion to develop the best product on the market. Their award-winning organization model, Move, allows developers to switch teams, which ensures lifelong learning and it's about you has built its software in-house using Laravel, Node, TypeScript, Vue, React, and some uh, more recent technologies like Flutter. So besides a variety of free drinks, fresh fruits, they also offer free language courses and relocation if you move from, abo- uh, from abroad. They also have their own organized conference, Code.Talks, which is one of the big biggest tech conferences in Europe, you have a choice between your uh, hardware setups. You can get a Mac, a Windows, Linux, uh, whatever kind of IDE you'd like to work with. And there are vacancies currently for a full stack developer, front end developer, Dart Flutter developer, a quality assurance engineer, project manager, and other uh, exciting leadership positions uh, if you're looking for a job. So thank you so much yeah. to them for sponsoring. Uh, you can find out more about this uh, wonderful company at aboutyou.com slash hiring yeah it looks the stuff that they're doing and and of the positions they've got i think the majority of them are in hamburg in germany so probably easier for folks that are in europe but you know if you're interested in moving from the us to to try something new um hamburg germany is where most of their positions are there's a couple in lundberg but yeah definitely something worth checking out if you're interested in trying out a new new gig Definitely get in touch. And thanks to About You for sponsoring the show. Yeah. The other thing that I saw that I was really interested um, in when I looked at their stuff is that their developer page, so it's kind of skimmed over in in what they asked us to talk about, but they have this organizational model called Move, uh, which you can tell they've put a ton of time and thought into. And they've got an entire like little animated video explaining their philosophy for how they how they treat their developers, which is really interesting. So they basically have these little pods of people and you can kind of decide which team you'd like to be on and uh, you can stay on that team for as long as you'd like. Uh, You can stay in that team and kind of become an expert in one technology or if you kind of get bored with it, you can jump around, jump to other teams and and learn uh, different technologies. And and as was listed, they have quite a few uh, different ones. Laravel, Node, TypeScript, Vue, React, Flutter. They've got lots of different stuff to learn. Um, so that that was very interesting to me. I know as developers, that's something uh, we love to do is play with new technology. And it seems like they really mm-hmm. kind of offer that as an option for you. So really interesting stuff. Seems like a seems like a great company. So definitely worth a worth a look. Hey, you know what I also have uh, is 
I have promo codes for FBAR2. There you go. Should we give one away? Go okay, on. here it is. D34F1764. That is a promo code for a free FBAR2 license. Thanks to Jan Ustland, I think is his name, um, mm. who creates FBAR. FBAR is an amazing tool, by the way. If you've never heard of it, it helps to uh, monitor all of your Forge uh, servers and allows you to be able to manage them really easily. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's a free license. I've got another one I'll give away at the end of the show. How about that? Yeah, sweet. Good. Hey, I don't I don't know. Maybe Jan can explain this to me. You said you've got a license for FBAR 2, but I'm running FBAR version 4. So That's what it is. Who knows? It's probably FBAR version 4. <laughs> Let me see. Let me look at mine. Yep, it's for here. version 4. <laughs> It's the latest one. Whatever the latest one is, that's the one it's for. <laughs> hey, seeing as we've been talking about finance and e-commerce, Crater is an open source Laravel invoicing app. Um, it's built for freelancers and small businesses. It's made with Laravel 6, Vue.js, and Bootstrap 4, and its core features include invoices, estimates, payment tracking, expenses, reporting, and taxes. Along with these features, Crater has a dashboard that summarizes things like sales and expenses, invoices due, and recent estimates. It also provides a mobile app that works with your self-hosted Crater app. And at the time of writing, Crater has an Android app with an iOS version in the works, which is backwards to the way things usually work out in terms of mobile apps. Um, There's end-user documentation and setup instructions on docs.craterapp.com. And if you'd like reference the source code, if you'd like to reference the source code, check out Byte Fury, B-Y-T-E-F-U-R-Y slash crater on GitHub. There's plenty of real world Laravel and Vue.js code that you can reference in there. Uh, so definitely check that out. There will be a link in the show notes. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I love seeing these sorts of like fully featured sort of thought through pieces available in GitHub because it's a great way to see how other developers are writing writing good code. Now, I've, I mean, I've not viewed the product, so I actually don't know if it's great code. I'm sure it is though. But that's always really interesting to see somebody who's taken not just a, you know, the Laravel framework and, you know, we get to see the Laravel framework all the time, of course, but like who's actually taken and developed a thing and then just released it open source for everybody to take a look at. That's pretty cool. Um, Speaking... Do you know what I like? Just tell me. Very quickly looking at the the GitHub repo, all of the models are sitting in the app directory. Yeah. That's brave. That's a brave choice, right? I mean, that's the default, right? <laughs> but it's like a lot of people, once it gets to a certain size, they start pushing them into a models folder or whatever. Yeah, they've got like 20 models here, which which feels okay yeah. to me in terms of how many models can sit in the app directory. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to take a look about it a little bit later. Uh, speaking of the same, like on the very same path that we're talking about, we have this uh, other uh, Laravel-powered platform, which is called Canvas. So Canvas... Is a Laravel powered publishing platform. So we covered this actually back in 2017. Uh, so uh, three years ago, uh, but there's a new version out and Paul Redmond has taken a look at this and he thought the latest version deserved a fresh look. So here's some of the new interesting features that the latest version of Canvas offers. So starting off at the top, we have a medium style editing experience and includes other cool features like publication statistics. So this is like a lightweight version of Google Analytics that's actually built into the app. So you don't have to rely on Google Analytics to to do the managing of your um, statistics. And also, if somebody's using something like Ghostery or um, Adblock Plus or something, a lot of times uh, Google Mm -hmm. Analytics just doesn't show up anyway, right? It just kind of blocks those right off the bat. So 
having the publication stats built right in kind of is pretty nice. Uh, distraction free writing. So the editor, as we said, is a medium style, minimal experience. There's unsplash integration. If you don't know what unsplash is, it's like a uh, stock image site. So instead of having to go out separately, go find an unsplash image, and then drag it in, you can do it straight from within the uh, content editor. So it can embed images, videos, links, or media uh, to your content. It has custom social data. So uh, if you've done anything with social data, uh, and a lot of times in the the header of the page, you'll have different OG tags or uh, metadata. Uh, so it has those for Facebook and Twitter baked in. It's a really simple install. You install Laravel and the auth scaffolding, then the Canvas Composer package, and you can start writing content uh, complete with autosave and the minimal interface nearly right away. So you can even generate some demo data right out of the box by calling PHP Artisan Canvas setup dash dash data. Uh, and you can learn more about this at cnvs.io. So if that's something that you're interested in, kind of a um, blogging platform that is free and built on Laravel checkout canvas very cool nice. yeah beautiful we we mentioned paddle.com and marcel Plasiot earlier and for those of you who aren't aware he has been working on this application called tinkerweb which up until now or up until a few weeks ago was a mac os application but marcel released a web version of tinkerweb which allows you to run php and laravel code right in your browser it's packed with code snippets from the laravel documentation and it makes learning laravel easier than ever before. You can tinker with code, you can save snippets, and you can share them with others. The web version provides some of the features found in the Tinkerwell app, including a HTTP and CLI session. You can also save your code and share it with others via a public URL. Under the hood, the web version of Tinkerwell is using PHP compiled to WebAssembly. So PHP is actually running in the browser. You can even access an in-memory SQLite database. Um, so you can start creating Tinkerwell sessions online now at web.tinkerwell.app. And if you missed the Tinkerwell desktop app announcement, we will have a link to that uh, in the show notes. You can check out the full and complete Tinkerwell experience. This is pretty amazing. So think of it like um, Figma, right? Kind of it's how it's been compiled. So Figma was compiled down to C or whatever it was so it can run in your browser. Mm -hmm. I think he did the exact same thing. I think, what is it, WebAssembly? Is that what it's called? I uh, used yep. WebAssembly yep. to compile this down so you can run in your browser. And the thing that I thought was really cool is it kind of has that in-memory SQLite database that it's using yeah. behind the scenes. That's incredible. That really is yeah. incredible. You could just it's just build an app and just like start tinkering with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, right there in the browser. If you if you wanted to show someone something or if you know, if you're putting a response up to someone on Laracast or Laravel.io, for example, you could just, you know, put it all together there. And then you can hand over that code and, you know, see that it's, that it's running and then it's working properly to whoever via the public URL. So super handy. Um, I'm not sure what the limitations on using the web version are as compared to the, the standalone Mac application, but it sounds like it's going to get you a good way of the way to, you know, sharing code and, and whatever there. Yeah, it's incredible. I use Tinkerwell every day the actual desktop application every day since I've gotten it, but I've used it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm always like, oh, I got to do, oh, wait, I have Tinkerwell. And I, I use it, pop it open all the mm. time. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Okay, we have this shift blueprint uh, that we're going to be talking about as soon as I can find it. Here it is, okay. So Laravel Shift, which is ran by Jason McCreary, has, uh, so Jason's been working on this uh, thing called Blueprint. So Blueprint is an open source tool 
for rapidly generating multiple Laravel components from a single human-readable definition. So you say, we already have this. We can just do this from the command line. We say, uh, PHP artisan make model dash dash C dash dash controller dash dash factory, blah, 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 whatever, right? Uh, the problem is that you don't have a YAML file that contains the definitions of the components that should generate. And this does some additional magic on top of that. So the, the readme provides an example draft.yaml file in the root of a Laravel version six project. And in there you have models and then you have post title string 400 that's the max length content long text publish at nullable timestamp so you have these different in addition to saying here's what the name of the model is going to be you actually define the different fields right in there and what that allows this tool to do is it allows it to set up uh, all of your relationships for you in the model it allows you to set up a migration for it it also allows it to create a default factory that has in place automatic faker uh, basically autofills right for what that factory should should look like it also will handle relationships i believe for you so if you tell it that uh, post has comments or something like that. I think it automatically knows to kind of build those relationships in there. Uh, so this is really, mm -hmm. really interesting. Yeah, so it says the draft file produces a post model with fillable fields, attribute casts, dates, relationships, and there's a massive list of examples in the project's readme. Uh, Jason also has a little video. It's just a couple minutes long, I believe, uh, about the uh, what Blueprint does. Uh, and so you can learn more about this package at laravel-shift-slash blueprint on github great work jason thanks yeah. man not not just like scaffolding out your your models and and creating your migration files but you can also get it to do your controllers and it'll automatically handle you know creating a post controller and giving you the index and showing you all of the response returned and even going so far as to generate code to to validate to save the post to the database to dispatch notifications and events and and do redirects with flash things so from this this single draft.yaml file you're basically scaffolding out a model a migration a controller and not only the files themselves but also a lot of the boilerplate code to to get you most of the way there so if you're just churning out a lot of crud applications you know if you're doing that kind of freelance work this is going to save you so much time so thanks heaps to to jmac for putting this together and getting it out there and, and releasing it as a free and open source bit of software so definitely check out the the, the project and the um the video for for more information wow dude i did not realize this he can create models, migrations, factories, a controller, the routes, a form request, a mailable class, a job class, an event class, a blade template. I mean, literally, it does the entire thing. It does the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, data control. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So obviously, like you would use this up front. This is I don't know if this is something you could like integrate. You can probably integrate if you're creating something new, like a new feature that's going to require a new mm. model, right? But yeah. you're obviously going to have to eject from this after you you know, it can, it, it scaffolds everything for you, but I don't know you want to use it like after the fact. Right. So yeah, no, it gets you a long way. The yeah. Way there, though. Yeah. That's, in, that's incredible. Wow. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Okay. Mm. We then have a package called five ways of battling. If I can find it. My gosh. I'm, I know I'm all over the place trying to do this stuff here. Here it is. Five ways just, of just an article. It's just an article. It's just an article. Yeah, five ways of battling form spam. So if you've had this happen before, uh, whether it be on, it really could be in any number of places, right? It could be email signups. It could be 
comment threads. It could be all sorts of stuff like that. So Eric uh, Barnes, our fearless leader, has dealt with us a lot of times. So once you've created an application, sooner or later, you're going to have to uh, deal with a spam bot. This is inevitable. It's part of being on the internet. So Eric says one of his projects, uh, the registration form got hit and he ended up with 17,000 fake users, which is a massive pain to clean up, as you can imagine. So as part of this process, he asked people on Twitter how they're fighting bots and he had a massive response with a lot of great ideas. So this blog post sort of summarizes the ones that were mentioned. So uh, the first one mentioned is Cloudflare. So you can utilize their page rules, set up the, I'm sorry, if you're using service like Cloudflare, you can utilize their page rules uh, to lock the URL with form submissions down. Uh, it doesn't necessarily work as well as the others, but it's a quick uh, quick implementation. So if you're already using Cloudflare, uh, you can check that out. Another one, uh, which is interesting, which I've heard about before, but I've never implemented it myself, is called a honeypot. So this is a first-line defense. It's really easy to set up, and there's actually a package out there that Spassi has made for it, Spassi slash Laravel-honeypot to make integration a breeze. So this is what this basically does is there's a hidden field uh, that humans won't see, but bots will see, and you trick the bot into filling that out. Uh, if that's filled out, you know it's a bot that filled it, and you just reject that registration or whatever it might be. Again, Spassi has a package that makes that quite easy. You can validate emails. So there is a service that you can use, uh, Identibyte, I think is one of them, that will uh, validate the email through their API. This saves the hassle of making users go through the extra steps to actually go validate their email in their email box. You also have CAPTCHA. Um, there's uh, an invisible recapture now by Google, which is probably the best captcha option. So this just says um, using, I think, machine learning or something like that, because that's what Google does. Is this a machine that is on the page or is this, uh, in fact, a human? So you can check that out. There is also dedicated spam services. So Kismet by WordPress uh, and Stop Form Spam. Stop Form Spam is free. Kismet is paid. Uh, and there's uh, actually a Laravel package for Akismet as well. Um, so uh, you can just integrate it into your Laravel installation. So that's at uh, nickert slash Laravel dash Akismet. And we'll, of course, have that up in the show notes. So if form spam is something you're dealing with or thinking you're going to have to deal with, check out these resources. And certainly one of them should hopefully be able to help you along in your battle. Yeah. The honeypot is definitely a, a good place to start, I think. The, uh, the Cloudflare thing, not super effective, but it's easy to, to spin up if you're already there. But the Honeypot's a good place to start. And if that fails, continue through the other options. Yeah, and it's free. Um, until you've basically stopped the bots from attacking your forms. But just remember with, with spam and, and things like that, what works today doesn't necessarily work tomorrow. So it's going to be a constant battle as you know spammers and their bots and whatever get smarter and, and start working around things. But you know, keeps things interesting, I guess. Yes, yes it does. It does indeed. Yeah, the last thing that we have here is the formal announcement at the end of what end of November, early December that Laracon Eight is coming to Atlanta Woo-hoo. in 2020. It will be uh, the 28th and 29th of July at the Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta, where you can learn Laravel, you can high five Taylor Rightwell, and mingle with hundreds of Laravel developers. I think the uh, the list to sign up um, to get tickets is are well underway. I think Taylor has sent out the first wave of I look I I'm going to be honest I didn't bother signing up because I'm not what? going this year so I didn't want to get depressed Bro. getting emails <sighs> no it'll probably be a little while before I make it back I understand. unfortunately I but, do understand um, 
Uh, Laracon is a two-day conference, as I said, on the 28th and 29th of July at the Georgia Aquarium in downtown Atlanta. With hundreds of Laravel enthusiasts, this is almost the best conference to hear Laravel-focused talks. Obviously, I won't be there, so... So, not um, the best, of it, course. Laracon AU maybe the best better. Laravel conference. I don't know. <laughs> Laravel usually consists of the main track. Uh, it's a single-track conference, typically, with talks ranging from 20 to 40 minutes. I think the 30-minute the talks last year for all of the, the Laracons was pretty much uh, a great it success. Was Everyone was pretty it happy was, with yeah. that. Um, and there will be plenty of chances to mingle with the developers obviously and there'll be epic after parties taylor always puts on a great show the georgia aquarium itself is the largest aquarium in the western hemisphere with over 10 million u.s gallons it's home to thousands of animals including a whale shark and you can check out the visit information for further details about the venue but it is near plenty of hotel options which should make this conference both affordable and accessible and the atlanta airport is the biggest hub for airlines and has direct flights from most everywhere domestically and is known as an international gateway to the United States. Obviously, as more information becomes available, it will be published on Twitter by Taylor, by the Laracon US, um, at Laracon US Twitter handle, and on the Laracon.us website. Venue details, speaker announcements, and any other relevant details related to the conference will all be published there. Um, if you want to take, if you want to see a small sample of what Laracon is like, be sure to check out the talks and the photos from Laracon US 2019, which we will link to in the show notes. Yeah, a couple. Um, on, Go ahead. On Laracon and talks, the just to hijack Laracon US, the talks from Laracon AU will be published uh, this week. That's awesome. Let's say this yeah, week. I'm excited to see those. That'll be great. Um, these tickets are like a first come first serve sort of thing. So if you haven't gotten on that email yet, uh, list yet, you should definitely you should definitely Absolute do that list sell out every year. So make sure you get on that list. And then as soon as you get that email, uh, make sure you're ready to purchase those. That might be a little bit like too, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little bit paranoid, but I, I mean, that's what I always do. Like as soon as I get that email, I'm like, boom, because you never know. You just never know. Every year it's getting more and more yeah. popular. And I and then you book your flights and accommodation like three days before you have to exactly, go. Right, right. You got it. You got it. Also, I heard that you're going to be able to see the aquarium stuff during the talks. Like we're right there, like yeah. in the aquarium. I think it's an exclusive-ish hire. I don't know. I don't want to make any uh, assumptions, but uh, look, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Michael. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up an iPad on one of those little roving little like you know, yeah. things, and then you can just move around and, and talk to people. That'd be awesome. Yeah. How great would that be? Let's do it. You think so? That'd be the that'd be the easiest way of doing okay, it. Okay, I think we should. It's gonna be like two in the morning and you'll just be like, you know, totally trashed in Australia, but no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all of it, right? That's all of it. That's all the things. That's all the things. Um, we also have another F barcode to give away. Here it is. BDF zero BB one D. And because I'm feeling really generous, here's another one. One one C five eight D four F. There you go, everybody. Enjoy F Bar. And uh, thanks to Jan Usland for uh, giving us those. He's a great guy. Definitely support him if you get a chance. Nice. Thanks, Jan. Yeah, thanks, Jan. Okay. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Episode 109. It's good to be back. Glad to be able to hang out with you all again. Uh, if you like this episode, please feel free to 
rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars is always very appreciated. We'd love to hear some feedback from you on there. You can find show notes for this episode at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 109. And of course, if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at Laravel News. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Hopefully, we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks, everyone. Bye.